Yay! All right, hello everyone. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Words. I am Michelle, and we have Diana with us, of course, and um, two special guests, apparently. <laughs> um, we have this one, who should be in bed, um, and hopefully might pass out during the conversation. <laughs> And we have uh, Julie K. Rose, who has returned for our birthday hello, celebration. Hello. Hey. Thanks, ladies. I'm so happy to be with you again. Thank you so much for coming back. We're so excited to have you again. <laughs> what are yeah. you guys, what are you drinking? I'm drinking water. What are you guys drinking? Oh, water? Uh, I know, boring, sorry. <laughs> I'm being adventurous, and I'm trying something new on air. Um, it's sweet pea apple flavor, because that totally goes together. Um, so yeah, we're gonna see how this goes. Nice. Yeah, it was a dollar ninety nine at the grocery store, so I was like, ah, it's worth a shot. You know, why not? Yeah. How is it? Huh? How is it? Oh, we're going to find out in a few seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been tasting. Perfect. Michelle, how about you? Um, <laughs> I'm drinking a, a, a white Zinfandel. Nice. That is an interesting face you have there, Diana. So um, I'm not sure about this. It it kind of tastes like apple juice, but yet it kind of doesn't. And um, there's that this oh there's a peach aftertaste, a strong yeah. peach aftertaste. And it's not like a normal peach aftertaste. It's like um, you know those can the canned peaches, the nectar from the canned peaches. Oh yeah, that's... yeah, it's that aftertaste. So um, hmm. flavor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Is it like yeah. And it's sweet, but it's not really sweet. So yeah, mom. I think this is going to end up being dumped into a sangria. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about yeah. right. I brought up a rosé with me just in case this one didn't work out. <laughs> Smart. Always <Yeah>. prepared. <laughs> exactly. I'm a failed Girl Scout. <laughs> It's like the chocolate wine we tried that one time, which was oh god, chocolate wine is a no-no. No, it, but it sounded like such a good idea. Right. And <laughs> we tried like one sip. Like, mm -mm. Yeah. No, no good, no bueno. I think I actually spit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I did the thing where you like pretend that you're drinking, but you don't actually open your mouth or drink. And then you pretend, and then you made me actually taste it? That No, I did taste no. it, but I didn't taste it after that first taste. No, no good, no good. But live and learn, apple right. wine is not good. Yes. So anyways, Julia has wonderful news to share. Yes, yes, yes. So my audio book is finally out. I'm so excited. Yay! Yeah. How, how long has have you been working on that? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, not that long actually. We started back in May, I think. Um, and we um, 
I put out, you know, auditions. You know, we had auditions and um, so you, you had auditions. Yeah, it was so exciting. It was thrilling. Yeah, yeah. So I used um, ACX, which is uh, it's an uh, Audible slash Amazon company. Mm -hmm. um, and so you post, you know, a sample of your script, or your book, and um, you know, I had like ten auditions. It was. It was, I felt so fancy. It was really cool. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and so I finally, it was down to two, and I finally went with um, a lady called Virginia Ferguson, who, uh, she was an actress. Uh, she also was an English teacher for many years. So, um, and she just has the best she accent. She sounds like Helen Mirren. Yes, yes, like, yes, yes. <laughs> I was listening to it yesterday. And I couldn't place it the first time when you sent me the ch the sample chapter, yeah. and then I was listening to it in more detail, and it was just I I hear Helen Mirren and I and I see Helen Mirren now in so much of it. Yeah, no, she she's got this really like her the the her the her pacing is really good. You know, obviously because she's a she's an actor, she's a voice mm -hmm. actor. Um, but you know, I specifically at first I said I want you to kind of sound like. Uh, 1930s, 1940s BBC presenter or actor, mm. and it came across, you know, to fit the time, but it came, it was too mannered, mm -hmm. so I'm like, well, you know, try and be a little bit more natural, and uh, she just, she has such that, that deep, rich voice, Yes. And, and I found, though, I was so shocked that, I shouldn't have been shocked, but I was, so she, she nailed Mary, of course, mm -hmm. but then she has this ability to um, bring the men's voices to life and her accents are unreal. Like she got, you can tell the difference between Alain, who is French Tunisian, mm -hmm. and Mahrez, who is Tunisian. Like yeah. she can, it's like, it's like magic. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that and the voice is so important for audiobooks. Absolutely. Cause I'm, listen to audiobooks all the time and yeah the story can be like I'm listening to one right now like Farley Field is the one I'm listening to right now mm -hmm. and the story is really interesting really compelling it's got this great Downton Abbey feel to it mm -hmm. and the act the voice actress who, who's doing it she sounds I think in general sounds really great she sounds very Downton Abbey-esque a lot like Mary mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but her voice, after a while, her voice is just so haughty that it just, it gets on your nerves because it's so, so prim and proper. Mm. Like, is, there, uh, is there any modulation to it or is she just kind of? There's modulation to it, but, it, but everything's very, just very high-end prim and proper, proper mm. full-on proper English. And so, yeah, it just, it gets on my nerves after a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michelle, do you listen to audiobooks? I've, I've actually only listened to one. Um, I, I would love to. I love the idea of audiobooks, but um, the, the one that I listened to was The Horse Whisperer, and it was uh, read by Robert Redford, who I didn't realize how perfect his voice was until I listened to that book, and it was just perfect. Was it? No, wait. No, I'm lying. I am lying. Is not Robert Redford. I was thinking of Robert Redford because he played the main character in the movie. Oh, right, right. Um, it was narrated by Peter Coyote. Mm. Who? Who's so good? 
yeah, his his voice is beautiful. Like it's yeah. very silky, and it, you can't it can't have like Janice from Friends right. do right. an audio book. <laughs> No, I accidentally downloaded one without listening to the sample because you always listen to the sample first. Yeah. And it was a, um, the woman sounded like uh, William Shatner. The female version of William Shatner where every sentence was like this. And I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I downloaded a book. Um, I was so excited to to listen to it, but the narrator she she had a nice voice, but she didn't modulate it. At, I mean, it was I mean, it's not as bad as a Shatner style, but it was just mm -hmm. like every every word, every sentence had the same pace and the same weight. Mm -hmm. It was just like she was just reading off a page rather than trying to put any like emotion into yeah. it. Yeah, because it's got to feel like it's a play within the story because. Right. You're listening to a radio program, basically. You're listening. It's for people like me who have long commutes, and they put this on instead of listening to a normal radio station. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I. You know, at first I toyed with the idea of doing it myself uh -huh. because you know I I'd done like VO work at work, and do you guys know that LibriVox is? It's a. Mm -hmm. It's like a library of free audio books that okay. volunteers read. So I did some of that, but it was all nonfiction. So, and my friend, um, my friend Yangtze, she she narrated her own book, um, it's *The Ghost Bride*. It's it's a brilliant book. You need to read. <laughs> but but and I was like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And then I saw, it. she has the most beautiful um, accent. Mm -hmm. It's like very. Um, it's uh, Malaysian and English. Mm -hmm. And she has this very beautiful way of speaking. And I'm like, ah, it's not me. <laughs> I can't do that. And I plus, can't do that. And plus, Mary is English, so a listener would want somebody with an English accent telling the story. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been an adventure. I think I want to start uh, doing audiobooks when I'm cooking because um, with, you know, with my husband's work schedule, he works all the time. So instead of him buying lunch three meals a day, seven days a week, I have started meal prepping for him, which is an adventure in itself. <laughs> so instead of like cooking for like half an hour, every every like few days I'm cooking for like two or three hours. Oh wow. That's like that's some good solid listening time in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's yeah, that's a great that's a great time to do it. Yeah, that's actually, I find I listen to podcasts when I'm cooking. Cooking and baking, that's all I want to do is listen to like the creepiest podcasts. I don't know what it is about like like lore. Like do you guys listen to the lore podcast? No, I as bad as no. this is a podcaster who doesn't listen to that many podcasts. <laughs> uh, I, I hate to admit it, I'm starting to get back into it. I still yeah. listen to a lot, and I find myself, I'll be at work by myself a lot. So that's why I'll do audiobooks and mm -hmm. start doing more podcasts. Yeah, it definitely helps pass the time, for sure. Mm -hmm. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah, so. So once you yeah. hired, once you found the, the actress, I'm, I'm sorry, what was her name? I just Virginia. 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 I knew it was a V name. Um, how long did it take for the whole, for her to go through the whole book? Was it like 
she would do like a chapter and you would review it and give feedback kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Because it, I, I don't know how how it happens with, with other writers, um, but what we did is she did a sample, like the first chapter, to see if, if you know, she was kind of getting the tone, getting the accents. Um, we had to redo a couple chapters because I felt like her Tom had too deep a voice. Um, and so, you know, I said, hey, go, you know, for Will, you know, go look at Will, uh, at uh, Matt Smith <laughs> and, and look at him and then look at his mannerisms and think about him. And so she kind of got that for, for Will. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have any notes for her for Alain, so she just kind of came up with how to approach Alain, and I really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so she, she we kind of did a couple versions of the first chapter, first two chapters, um, and then she would just, she would record them, upload them, I would take a listen, um, send her notes, she might have to redo a couple things, but after a while it was just, you know, we were in a groove, and um, I thought it was going to be eight hours of, of total runtime, and it's actually over 10 hours. I was like, oh, wow. what? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was exciting. But you know, it was, it, was, it's, it was super cool, and it was super exciting, and it was so terrifying because, like, every word choice that you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that anymore. It's like, you know, in sparkle text, like, hey. <laughs> There's no <laughs> now. Can't change it, can't change it. like, oh, why? You're not George no. Lucas, you can't take it back and change it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it was good. And it's also a good reminder, like when you're writing, and you always hear this advice, but it's like, read it out loud, mm -hmm. you know, as you're doing your revisions, so you mm -hmm. can hear what it sounds like. You know, I did, that I thought. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's. Yeah. I, mean, I did that before uh, Boca de Oro, before the literary festival. It was, I did it so much that I'm actually really sick of my first chapter right yeah, now. Right, I don't even right. want to think of my first chapter. Yeah, I don't even want to think about it. Don't even want to think about it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, so that was that was awesome and scary and humbling. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine so, but it's so exciting too. Yeah. audiobook from on audible and stuff and i know i know it's exciting i mean it's just and it's it's weird to hear someone else you know how they approach your words and how they mm -hmm. approach the emotion of a scene um it's really so you know that you, you guys know the scene where they're trying to escape i guess spoilers i guess but they're trying to escape tunisia mm -hmm. um they're on the plane uh, and one of them gets shot, right? Yeah. yeah. I was listening to her read this, and I'm like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> what's going on? I was like, my heart was like, my, I'm like, I, I wrote this. I know what's happening. But she just did such a, and the, 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 the chapter, the scene at the end that everybody hates me for, um, I cried. Like, I listened to her read the chapter, and I was pouring tears. So I was like, She's Ooh, really good. good. Yeah, I need She's to go back really and listen to that part because yeah. yeah, I got as far as um, they ended up in France. I think it was like chapter <laughs> seven or chapter eight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I ended up stopping, and then I was like, yeah. right, "I've got to finish a couple of these other books today." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. I to listen to audiobooks. What's that? I, I, I said, "Michelle, you need to start listening to audiobooks." 
I know, I really do. Um, I feel like it's almost a different kind of vulnerability to have someone read your book out loud because I, I have no problem like sharing part of my stories to certain people. Right. But hearing someone read it out loud, it's like hearing your own voice on tape. It's like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. It's 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 got to be what I mean. Just knowing from like reading my own stuff out loud, I was just like, oh my god, I'm actually sharing this and reading this out loud with a bunch of strangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it like like you said, it's exciting and it's and it's terrifying and uh, humbling and it's just. Yeah, it was. It's a thrill. It really is. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, and, and in addition to all this audio book talk, we've got a giveaway going on that I actually just shared today. Um, everybody can take part in. Um, I've got. It's almost like a scavenger hunt for what people have to do. Um, yeah. So the last time one they had to actually follow us on Twitter. Um, and they had to visit the Facebook page, and it tracks for what they do when they do that. Uh, this time around, though, um, we're making people tweet happy birthday messages to us. Nice. <laughs> good, <laughs> good. Facebook page and subscribe. And technically, each one counts as one entry, but a subscription to the Wine Women Awards counts for three entries. Excellent. Okay, good. Yes. Yay. And people are going to be getting audiobooks. We've got five to give away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'll get the word out. That's very cool. How long? What? When are we ending the the uh, giveaway? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Wednesday. Next End it Wednesday because next week we have a whole nother giveaway. That's right. Who Who do you have on next week? Uh, as part of your celebration? Am I saying you're right, Michelle? Is it Margulis or Margolis? Wow. I said Margolis, and he said that's pretty close. So that's what we're going <laughs> to go with. Okay, that works for me. Um, we had him on in September originally, and um, he did Semper Sonnet, was his last book, and he's got a new book out called The President's Man, I think it is? President's Day. Okay, there you go. It was something president. It was a political thriller. Ooh. So, yes, we've got a paperback version of that. Very cool. Yes, all sorts of fun stuff to celebrate for the month. Yeah. And what? So what do? You, so I know you guys are doing big things for this month, but like, what are your plans? You know, for the podcast for the next year. Um, more authors on for books. <laughs> Good. <laughs> more books. More books. <laughs> books. More wine. Um, yeah. I don't know. We still kind of make it up as we go along. So there's there's that element to it. Um, we've been trying to get somebody on who knows a thing or two about wine, so we can actually do yeah. a virtual wine tasting oh. um, in our books. Nice. Because I love the idea of pairing up wine with books as opposed to wine with food. Um, yeah. So yeah, I that anything really, but but wine with books is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we you you paired wine at the um with books at the Boca de Oro. Yes, I did. Yeah, that was really cool. I forgot which one I paired with yours. I think I did a Syrah or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because it had that spice to it. Cause you wanted, I wanted to have that spice to bring in the stuff from uh, Tunisia and you know that a bit of that French as Southern French ex aspect to it. Exactly, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, so, and then next month we're having um, Greer McAllister on. Oh wow! Yeah. We're gonna be doing Girl in Disguise. Pretty oh, cool. Oh, cool. How, have you started that? 
Yes, I have. How is it? I love it. Absolutely love it. It's it's really um, intriguing. I've been telling Michelle it's uh, her kind of uh, heroine. Um, I think you'll like her too because she's sarcastic. <laughs> yes, yeah, she's sarcastic. <laughs> she's a she's a real person, and she's the first ever um, detective in the United, female detective in the United States. How cool! Like real life person, like real based real on real life person. Yeah, she was involved in. Uh, there was a plot to assassinate Abraham Lincoln while he was running for president, and she was involved in uh, stopping that. Oh wow! Wow! And um, there's a picture floating around. Um, it's not included in the book I found out, but um, there's a picture floating around where she dressed as a, a guy to be a part of the Civil War. Kind of like Aaron's book. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Ah, cool. So, so it's it's been really neat. Um, reading it because she pulls in a lot of the current uh, the current events of the times. So you have, you know, references to that uh, senator uh, being beaten to death by a cane. She talks about On that. You get a little yeah. bit of uh, Buchanan in there, which is interesting. Um, that's so, yeah, really I actually cool. have an interview with her that's going to be posted on creating her story tomorrow, talking a little bit more about it. And then our, we do have our book of the month, which is uh, Dear Fang with Love, which yeah. I think you would enjoy this one, Julie, as well. It is so quirky. And it was so funny with Michelle. She got the book, what was it, last Friday. Yeah, and, I started reading it Friday night. And then, and then it, it was before you even go into that far. So what happens is she's like, I, get the, I got the book. And I was like, and? And she's like, yeah, well, you know. It's different because it's it's from the father's perspective. We, we get letters from the daughter, but the father is the primary narrator. And it's a little bit different from the other books that we've read, where we have this you know male narrator who's talking a lot about her daughter, and she's like, or his daughter, and she's like, you know, I have to get used to this. It's a little, little on and off. And then the next day, I get a text going, <laughs> I may or may not have finished the book. No <laughs> kidding. The next day, yes. <laughs> what, what is it called again? Dear Fang with Love. I'm writing all these down. Yes. <laughs> yes, didn't you just finish a class, Julie? So. What's that? Didn't you just finish a class you mentioned? Or were you just starting a class? Oh, I just finished a big project at work. Oh, so you have plenty of time to read this. Right, exactly. Exactly. Now I do. Yeah. Now I do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's weird now because usually, you know, I read, I can usually average, like, here, don't do that. No, thank you. Um, we're watching YouTube videos of toys over here. Yeah, of course. Um, can we make it a little bit lower, though? Because we don't need to hear about me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> usually, I can average like one one book a month, and that's usually the Wine, Women's, and Words book. But now I'm like, what? What do I do? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a non-Wine, Women, and Words book that I am now reading, which is very strange. Um, and I've been rotating through Stations Eleven. Mm -hmm. Uh, which was a Diana recommendation. Have you read uh, that one, Julie? No, no. Okay, you need to write, write that one down. All right, write that one down. Station's 11? Yeah, Station 11. 
it's dystopian and it's um it pulls on a lot of Shakespeare with it. Hmm. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful book. Cool, yeah. I'm I'm all over it. Yeah, and the other one that you're rotating, Michelle, I think that I can't remember what it was, but I know it was another one that I really liked. Well, I've added okay, so now I'm rotating three. Okay. Um I'm rotating Station Eleven, The Magician's Lie, which is uh, Greer's first book. Or I don't know, well, it was the one before A Girl on the Track. Yeah, it was her first, it was her first book. Which and I just have you how do you like that one? I just love that one. It's very interesting. Now is this magician, is she also based on a real person? I don't think so. Okay. I was curious because um, at the beginning, it's all about like it's a murder mystery type mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. and the her this magician her whole act is that the grand finale is that she saws a man in half and puts him back together, but this time she actually kills him, oh, God. <laughs> but on purpose. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and so the story takes place. You have the the story as it leads up the narration and then in between you have this conversation between her and the sheriff where she's there handcuffed with the sheriff and it's so intimate and it's so close and you get so sucked in just by the conversations with the sheriff that's my favorite part even though it's not the main story but that intimacy between the two of them and how she's just you can tell she's playing with him. She's playing a mental game with him and he's a smart guy, but she's smarter. And so, yeah, I fell in love with that book. I happened to be, it was one of those, um, it was a library find or I was in the mood. I'd like turn of the century magicians and illusionists. And so I went looking for books uh, along those lines. And that was the first and only one I really found. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I don't, don't expect much from this but okay pick up from the library and yeah I fell in love with the story so and at, at the very beginning of the book she mentions that she is the first um, woman magician in America so I was curious to see like a the big first big female magician. Well, I went and researched her I went and researched her yeah. she's oh, I, okay. there's, there's some because of course like, it's just like I did with Mary for Dido's crown <laughs> I find these historical characters and I'm like oh are they real let me google them and you know Mary turned out oh, to be wow. a lovely yeah. little grandma and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah this one um I think she was based on a um multiple uh, characters, women from that time, because the magicians, especially at that time, were—I don't want to say seedy, but you know they have that—they have that reputation. I used to hang out at the Magic Castle all the time, so. And we have we have some friends who are magicians, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, so has it changed? They're great. <laughs> Is it still seedy? <laughs> <laughs> it can be. <laughs> okay, my favorite story of the Magic Castle. Okay, we saw this guy, and then he did this, you know, he was an opening act, and he was he was good, and then he apparently had, like, this girlfriend or something, or this friend with benefits, and they take off, and they disappear to the, um, there's, like, a cellar area of the Magic Castle. They taught, we, my husband and I, Ryan and I, watched them go down there, and we're like, hmm, okay, we know what they're doing, we'll just get up this way. So, at the end of the night... Apparently things did not go well because we're waiting for our car and she comes storming out. Her car shows up 
and she gets in the car and she turns back to magi- the magician and she goes, F you and your little dick too. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, she screams <laughs> that at him. And Ryan and I are just like, and for those of you just listening, we're, we're like dead face, jaws open. Best line though is the magician looks from her to us, shrugs and goes, well, I guess she didn't like the show. <laughs> oh my god. And he looks back in the magic castle. <laughs> oh my god. So I love I love, I love the whole culture around them. And I love all of all of the stories and everything about them. So yeah. Long story short, that's what sucked me into the magician's lie. I love it. It's oh. really good so far. Um I, I'm intrigued. I, I'm waiting for like one of, one of the books to like great. You know, you reach that part of the book where you're like, well, there's no going back now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I keep getting interrupted by um, you know that. How <laughs> 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 can that little thing be such a big interruption? I totally don't get it. So I'm only averaging like maybe a couple paragraphs at a time lately. Um, and then this morning, so I read this book um, after, before Dear Fang, I was reading this book called Ink and Bone, which um, is kind of like uh, alternate reality where the library of Alexandria didn't burn down and they decided to protect uh, hu- mankind and to store knowledge and to they would just save every book and every work of piece of literature they would save it in this library and distribute it out to the masses so owning books was actually illegal uh, in this reality so there's like a black market of people buying books and and the whole time I was like okay I there's one and there's you know the uh, rebel group called the burners who don't believe that one group of people should own all the books and they should be free for everyone but they burn books I'm like I don't get it I don't get why they're burning books if they love books but it's a very good book really good and um, and then I just started and they have a sequel and I was like I can't I can't buy a new book. I just bought <laughs> I just bought so many books. Yeah, I feel the same way. Well one of the other reasons why I think you'll like uh Dear Fang would love Julie is because uh she's also like your book, she's got a knack for being able to describe things. Uh her descriptions are on on point. Um where she's talking about um uh Villanova in Lithuania, which is where a good chunk of it takes place. Um oh, wow. they go because basically um the basic premise of Dear Fangon with Love is that um, the daughter, Vera, um, I think I've got her first name right, she basically has a nervous breakdown. And she tries, she strips down naked and tries to baptize a bunch of cheerleaders with vodka. Um, and then she puts her wrists and ends up in, you know, uh, she may or may not have bipolar disorder. And so her father decides he's going on this um, historical research trip to research his family and in Lithuania. And he takes her with him. And yeah, her descriptions are just on point. Like she describes the, um, the town itself 
as looking like uh, the tops of wedding cakes and all the streets look like alleys. And she does this very, there's a very beautiful description, my favorite uh, section in here, where she describes a singer as like a teapot. <laughs> like, and, you know, she goes into the words and it's just so beautiful. So, yeah, I, I think for that, I think you'll really like it. Plus, I mean, there's the quirkiness of it. I mean, it's very Carrie-esque with, you know, with the baptizing cheerleaders with vodka. I mean, yeah. And so it's it's contemporary, or is it like set in the recent past? Or it's contemporary, but it's still um, it's got the historical fiction feel to it, where he's looking back at his past, and you're look you're getting a lot of the history of Lithuania. Oh, cool! So yeah, I and I knew nothing about Lithuania until until this, and apparently my husband did. My husband actually had friends when he was downrange from Lithuania that I'm just learning about. So. I'm like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> and what's cool. Also, I don't know. I'm. I think you've already gone to this. Have you gone to the the Republic of Uzupis? I'm probably butchering that name in the in the story. Have you reached that part yet, Diana? No. You would know if. Okay, then. Yeah, I'm not Republic of Uzupis. She just made a major confession to her father as to why she had her nervous breakdown. And this, um, this is a very odd experience for me that I am ahead of Diana. <laughs> <laughs> never happens. So the fact that I have to wait for her to reach a part in the book, it's very unsettling and I don't like it. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Michelle. <laughs> this is what I deal with all the time with you. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's very annoying. But <laughs> I have the patience of this thing. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the places, you know, we're reading this book and we're texting back and forth and are we not now like trying to figure out if we can do a vacation to Lithuania now? Because it sounds so beautiful and there's so much history. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about Lithuania before this book. But there are so many countries and cultures that claim it and mm -hmm. they like switch out based on like the entire pre-World War II population was basically killed off. So new cultures and new countries, like, you know, blurred into it, and now it's claimed by the Pol the Polish culture and then the Russian culture, and it's really interesting. Yeah. She goes into a scene. There's a scene where they talk about um, there was a synagogue there, and uh, it got torn down, I want to say, by the Soviet Union. Um, or no, and the, the Nazis had come in and then it was turned on by the Soviet Union and they talk about what happened to the rabbi, which is completely disturbing. Oh my and, God, that was ooh. Yeah, and, they, and then now they're at the site where it was and it got turned down and so that, and so just so that they could not rebuild another one, the Soviet Union went ahead and placed um, a playground and a school there. So what once was a synagogue is now something else so that it can never be replaced. And so it's just, you know, this, this history of seeing, you know, the history itself, but then seeing the history of somewhere else through the eyes of these other people is just so, so fascinating. Wow. You know, if, I mean, it's, I know you guys like to kind of travel around the world and you guys just did uh, a yeah. podcast about yeah. kind of going around the world. Um, but I've got, and I can't, I don't have my hands on it right now, but I've got, a few years ago, we did a panel at the Historical Novel Society conference on um, historical fiction off the beaten track. Mm -hmm. And so we, we have kind of a recommendation list of books 
set in places that you don't normally get. So, you know, like Tunisia, of course, but um, I'll get that list to you guys so you can, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kindred spirits on that front. I think this would account uh, for that based on, because we're learning the history of it. And it was so funny. I made a complete and total snafu when I met the when I met Rufy, because I met her at a one uh, with the Women's National Book Association tea, and in my head it sounded okay. I said I did not expect to like your book, <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, Thanks. "That's okay. Most people give me that too." And I'm like, "Oh my god, that sounded so horrible." <laughs> it sounded like, so okay, different in my head. <laughs> It's too funny. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's hard for authors too because you know there's there's expectations, uh, you know, in the marketplace to do, you know, write books in a certain way with certain kinds of characters and certain kinds of, you know, settings. And so when you try and do something that's a little bit different, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of you do get that response yeah. from people. Yeah, they want everything to fit in this nice mold. And one of my favorite stories about Outlander was that at the National Librarians Conference, um, they couldn't determine what section to put Outlander in, the first one. When it was just coming out, they're like, they had to have a special breakout session just to talk <laughs> about the book because they wanted it, um, the, um, the romance people wanted it in historical fiction because it had so much history. But the historical fiction people were like, no, we want it in the romance section because it's more romance. And wow. so they had to determine where to put her book because they didn't know because they couldn't actually put it somewhere. Right, right. And that's, I mean, that's a hard thing with the publishing industry is that, you know, it's, they, they have to figure out what's the best way to market and sell it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have very specific you know, boxes that they use. And, you know, that's fine. That they're a business and that's how it needs to work, you know, in order to to sell the books. But not every book is going to fit into one of those boxes. Yeah. That's exactly. um Chad was talking about last month with The Undesirables that there was talk about marketing it as a young adult book because the characters were so young, but then they decided that a historical fiction would be better for it. Yeah, well, even my my friends, my friend Yangtze's book, um, in the U.S. it's historical fiction, but in the U.K. Um, it's young adult. So oh. it's kind of just depends like on the marketplace and, and which imprint is is doing the marketing. So yeah, there's all these nuances that you don't think about when mm -hmm. when you're writing, like before you're right. over published. It's like, oh, <laughs> I write a book, you publish it. That's yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And even, yeah. That, I mean, that's what it it should be anyway. Just you know, write what, write what's in your heart. You know, and mm -hmm. sort it out later. <laughs> that's one of the wonderful things about self publishing being so much more um, proliferant in the society is that, you know, like yours is self published, and you uh, you can't even tell really anymore. And you know, from like just looking at a book, because um, I know some. Some book reviewers won't do self-published books, right. and uh, I personally don't care uh, because a, a good book is a good book. So, and a book is a book. So, as long as I have an interest in it, it doesn't matter. And if it, it turns out to be a crappy book that's crappily put together, I will call them out on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not afraid of that. Right. Um, I'll treat them the same way I'll treat somebody who's actually published. But I mean, looking at Dido's Crown, I mean, there's 
really no way to, to tell that it's not unless you really look at the fine print. And, you know, that helps with this whole, you know, cross genre thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, it would, oh no, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. When you decided to self-publish, what was, and I did, I, if I did know that, I forgot between our last conversation and now. <laughs> um, but what were what were the steps to do that? I think that's really interesting. I know Diana has kind of talked a little bit about it with me with with her book and and yeah, her I options. Think, I think Julie's brain every opportunity that I get. <laughs> think of all the questions I give her. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No, I love it. I love it because I just love seeing people being creative and being able to share their work. Um, you know, I just, that just, what makes me so happy. So, um, but you know, I went down the path, you know, the, the traditional publishing path. I had an agent for a while, you know, you know, the whole thing. And my, my books don't necessarily fit into those boxes, you know, so they do have an audience. It's just not, you know, that box. So and I thought, you know what, I'm not 20 years old, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to wait around for 15 years for somebody to figure out that, you know, oh, actually we can figure out what this market is. So, um, so in 2010, I published my first book uh, and then published Oleana in 2012 and then Dido's Crown last fall. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Um, well, because I'm a, I'm a control freak. So, like, I want to control every part of the process because um, <laughs> I'm a perfectionist, too. So, um, like, there are, there are companies that you can, you know, engage with to do that work for you. Mm -hmm. But I just, you know, I prefer to do it myself. So there's a lot of work between, you know, creating your interiors, creating your cover, you know, doing all the legwork for you know, getting it up on Amazon and then all the promotion and it's a lot of work, but, um, I'm really glad. I'm really glad that I did it. Yes. Really well, we do have a couple other things that we need to discuss. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you went and got to see Hamilton. So I need to live vicariously through you. <laughs> oh my God. So, <laughs> so I, I, have I don't get to see it. And, Danny oh. <laughs> is having a moment. I know, I know, I know. I don't get to see it till next spring. Oh my gosh! So, like everyone, I've been listening to the soundtrack since like last summer. Mm -hmm. You know, memorize the whole thing, mm -hmm. um, and Just then like was that? Just like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my my husband teaches at a um, performing arts magnet school. So they had a group going, and they're like, "Hey, you want to come?" I'm like. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So um, it was great. So we went uh, last Tuesday. The only thing that marred it was that, you know, this is where I work. Like, this is where I spend 12 hours or more a day is, is in here, barefoot, you know, in yoga pants, whatever. But I said, hey, we're going to see Hamilton. You know, let's dress up. So I wore these. <laughs> Those look adorable. are the cutest shoes in the world. Did you not break them in before you went? No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, like, and the, our pre-theater dinner was, like, four city blocks away. Oh, no. And then back. And 
it was so awful. <laughs> it was so awful. I feel the pain. I have been there. I have been oh there. We've all been there. What was I thinking? Oh my god. <laughs> so, but besides that, um, but they're really, really adorable. So I mean, so you know, cute. Oh my god, but I it, that so works. I mean, it's working. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, but but the show was amazing. Um, I was really surprised by the the songs that I loved on the soundtrack. I still liked in the show, but there were songs in performance that I was like, wow, how did I not connect with this on the soundtrack? You know, but it's the, it's the totality of the experience, you know, yeah. the sound design and the lighting design and, you know, mm -hmm. the, the rotating stage and just the performances. Like you don't get a sense of how funny Jefferson is on the soundtrack and what a jerk he is. Like, yeah. you just, I mean, but in performance, he's a a-hole, he's a total <laughs> jerk. Um, and hilarious, and so you don't really get that sense. And then um, the room where it happens is like, I like it okay on the soundtrack, you know? I really like good. that one on the soundtrack. That's yeah. one of the ones I really like, yeah. Yeah, in performance, it's gonna blow your mind. It's Ooh. gonna blow your mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, it just, yeah, I mean, and of course, the whole, the second act, I try not to listen to too much because I cry so much every time I listen to the second I do okay as long as I don't sing along. If I sing along, especially to her, oh, I, oh, I forget it. I sing along to that one without tears. Oh my God, right? So here I am sitting, you know, in the, in the theater with a bunch of high schoolers, you know. Nice. And from... The, the, almost the beginning of the second act, all the way to the end. <laughs> I'm sobbing. I'm like trying not to like sob, and like I've gone through all my tissue, and I'm, you know, it was, it was up until the very last, because the very last moment of the show will just gut punch you. It's oh my gosh. So it's like, you know, the lights come up, and you're just like, oh. Where am I? I need a moment. I need a moment. Yeah. So, all that to say, it was amazing, and you're gonna I've love gone every second. From, because of this musical, because of Lin Manuel, I've gone from wanting my book to ever become a movie to screw that. I want it to be a musical. Yeah. I, I, yes. Yeah, that, that would be the dream. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Imagine Anita and Jose in, in the musical by him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How Diana feels about Hamilton, I feel about Wicked. I've, oh, I've never yeah. seen Wicked, I'm dying to see Wicked. I know I've the soundtrack by heart. No, I've, I haven't. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, one I didn't know that. I, I, I just took that you saw it because I mean, we saw Wizard of Oz together. And Wizard of Oz is my thing. That's that's mine. <laughs> um, like Diana threw me a Wizard of Oz themed baby shower for her. Yes. Um, yes. Hi. Too, Lily. Yep. And her, Lily. her room is still all Lily. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> don't don't jinx it. Um, <laughs> And Wicked, I'm just, I'm dying to see it. And I feel like I would just start crying from like the second it starts to the second it ends. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just like listening to people sing. Like it blows my mind that people can sing like that. Right. Like right. in the same room as me. Like I'm watching right. you do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and it's it's so amazing. It's been, like with Hamilton, it's probably the same with Wicked because it's so popular. Like everybody in the room knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. Knew the words, yeah. knew when George Washington was going to walk on, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. like whoops and cheers when he mm-hmm. says, here comes the general, you know, so it's like, there's just something so amazing about that shared experience. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I love the, I was thinking I love about the stage production of it, like with with Wicked, you've got this great stage production where it's very steampunky around the edge mm-hmm. of it, and it's very Wizard of Oz-esque. And yeah, it's, yeah, the, the stage production and the way things go through. Yeah, that's just one of the great things about musicals. Yeah. Theater. I so, don't get theater. So for, for, your, for your book, uh-huh. uh, you know, would it be a rock opera or would it be like, yeah, you know, know. Uh, Lin-Manuel hip-hop opera? Probably a Lin-Manuel hip-hop but you know what? I'm gonna let him decide on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll finish up with Mary Poppins soon, and then you can, you know, you can have a little chat with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think he is out in LA now, right? I mean, he's got so Mary Poppins. I mean, he's got that contract with Disney now, practically after Moana. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. About Moana, I have seen Moana. You know probably a couple hundred times I could probably recite it for you and and do the musical numbers but um, we bought the bonus features and there's a whole interview with Lynn manuel um, in the bonus features about how you know they he worked with the other two um, people in charge of music um, and I had no idea who like I didn't know that he did um, Hamilton but so they played a, a deleted song, a song that never made the, the final cut for Moana. And he's talking about it and he goes, so at this point when I wrote this song, I was already working on Hamilton and I needed singers to, to sing it so I could hear it performed. And the song for Moana was sung by Hamilton and the actress that does Eliza. Oh, Philippa? Oh, no kidding. And it's really interesting. I mean, I you guys would probably appreciate it more than I would, but to hear, I mean, they have some pretty powerhouse voices, so I can only imagine how they are live. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, so, oh like, <laughs> right? So, like, seeing people sing, like you said, sing and perform like that is just, mm-hmm. it's just transporting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know it was killing me like when um, Hamilton, uh, the tickets went on sale for LA and then, you know, up there in San Jose in your area, they went on sale all like around the same time. And it was just kind of, I kind of felt like Cartman where like all my friends got the game before I did. And I was like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. I told, I just lucked out. I just, I completely lucked out on this ticket, mm-hmm. and I'm just so yeah. I, I talked the husband into because because we have the vacation coming up in the fall, where all the extra money is going towards that, and so he's like, you know, just just think about think about your birthday, think about where we're going, and he's like, promise you in the spring. 
Nice. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, because it, it's coming back to Orange County in the spring. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So I'll be in that group that sees it there. Nice. <laughs> Come along my water even if I have to sell a kidney. What'd you say, Michelle? He said, so I'm going to have to fly back to Orange County is what I'm hearing. Yes. It's been playing in Chicago, too, I think. Mm -hmm. I know. It's just so hard with the his work schedule. Like, literally, and, and I'm not exaggerating at all when I say 17 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, That's he's teaching now, right? He's teaching at the he's teaching at the boot camp, right? Yeah, he's he's a drill instructor, so he's training all the new recruits coming into the Navy. So he has to be there before they wake up, and he has to stay until after they go to sleep, mm -hmm. all the time. He's practically living there, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, let's plan a date day in like a year. <laughs> <laughs> When your schedule changes. And after after duty stations like that, because I was telling Ryan about it, and he's like, man, that, that's a lot of hard work, but after a duty station like that, you pretty much get your choice of where you get to go afterwards. Three years. <sighs> you got it. You got this. You can do it. Yeah, do it. really, it's not three years. It's two years, six months. Right. And then yeah, you get I mean, to your next duty station, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this in your brain now, should be Europe. I'm sure there's a Navy base in Europe, right? You know, when when he was um, when his orders were coming up and we had to pick, I said, "All right, I am okay with England. Uh -huh. I am okay with Italy, mm -hmm. Spain, because they have a base in Spain. I'm like, Spain is all right, but I don't know that language, and I would rather go where I know the language because mm -hmm. you know I know three, so let's use them." Uh huh. Um, ben, and we got, and he texts me, he goes, "What do you think of Chicago?" <laughs> well, it's okay. <laughs> I think it's cold. <laughs> well, see, if you go to Europe, you know, see, I, I push for my friends to go to these interesting places so that I can come and visit and crush on your couch. So next uh, year I'm going to okay. be in Chicago visiting you. And then, um, yeah, you go to Europe, I crash on your couch because that's how I'm getting to go to France this year is crashing on my sister's couch. Nice. <laughs> we have a very comfortable pull-out couch. We got a Tempur-Pedic mat mattress topper and everything, so you're fine. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> we, we planned ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to. You have to with friends like me. <laughs> and we have a friend who kept talking about going to Portland and um, – he was supposed to move there, and Ryan and I have a trip plan where we want to just drive up the West Coast all the way up to Vancouver, and we're like, great, we'll have a friend in Portland, we've got some friends in Seattle, well, you know, we don't need to stay in the hotel, and he hasn't moved yet, and the last time I <laughs> saw him, he was like, why haven't you moved yet? You're screwing up our vacation. <laughs> Get it right, dude. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That is hilarious. <laughs> um, well, I do believe we have hit our hour. Um, even though I know we can keep talking forever. Yes. Yes. My phone battery is about to die. <laughs> yes. mm -hmm. Little one probably needs to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, you would think that the fact that she is up until 11 o'clock at night would mean that maybe she'll sleep in a little bit tomorrow. No. Yeah, she'll be awake. You'll be up at six again. Yeah, yeah face. She's like, yeah. Just talking about me. I know you're talking about me. 
<laughs> good night, Lily. Can you say good night? No. Okay. We're watching a YouTube video. These I don't understand these YouTube videos. And they have like millions of hits. It's people opening toys and like putting them together and showing like all the things that come in the toy package. Yeah, it's a whole thing, isn't it? It's like I don't, there's tons like, of channels with millions of subscribers. Like, go play with your toys. Don't watch a video of people playing with toys. Maybe go play with them. We do that with books. We're actually taking the books out of Amazon boxes and showing them to people. Yeah. I know. I watch those videos, too. And I don't, I mean, no offense to anyone, but I don't understand them. Like, <laughs> this is the book. This is the cover. That's the inside. And the back. <laughs> It's all totally books. We're gonna get millions of uh, hits now. Right, right. <laughs> you said as your thumbnail. You said as your video thumbnail. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Julie, for coming thank back. We had so much fun with you. Absolutely. Congratulations, you guys, on your first year. I'm so excited for you. I know. Thank I you. feel so grown up. I know. They <laughs> drink my wine. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes, and thank you for uh, the sponsoring our giveaways for the book. Um, Absolutely. Yes, that's so nice yeah. of you. Thank you for the offer. I'm really, I'm really excited to to share the book. So thank you. Okay, and so everybody the, out there, yeah, everybody out the, there, get your entries in now. When is the giveaway ending for the audiobooks? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, everyone. Cool. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, they'll probably all hit on Wednesday like they did this last time. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, <laughs> as long as they do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cool. All right. Good night, all right. Guys. Thanks, ladies. Good night. Bye. Bye. Can you say bye. bye. No. <laughs>